read your contracts and relook at your deal structure. And sometimes that means going back and looking at prior literal contracts or the service level agreement of some vendor, some deal that you signed off on. Other times it's going back and looking at your emails and just take a, a set of a fresh eyes approach to it and relook at it. We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best Amazon stock management tool. How much has going out of stock cost you over the lifetime of your business? And what is it going to cost you this Q4? Eva predicts precisely what stock you need. It learns from your account and it improves constantly. Eva serves hundreds of private label seven-figure sellers. To get a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Hey folks, welcome back to the e-commerce leader. And today we are in the middle of discussing the activity trap or are you putting your ladder of your business up against the wrong wall is another way of putting it or the sunk cost fallacy all of those things really relate to the same kinds of things and really we're talking about uh, today continuing our discussion of how to avoid ladder traps and if we discover that we're in one what can you do about it unfortunately there are both ways to avoid the pain but also to to come back from that even stronger if you do the right thing. So I think this is a really critical topic. I hope you're as passionate about this as I am because I think this is where the big pain points can be is where if you solve it or even partly solve it, then there are big, big wins to be had as well. And that's the way I would think about this going in. So let's plunge in and thanks very much in advance and hope you enjoy the show. Well, the other part of that conversation, of course, is just the internal conversation with your team members. You know, one of the smartest things any leader can do is just be completely honest about the situation you find yourself in with your team and and own it. You know, I mean, if, if chances are your team is more clear on the problems occurring in your business than you are. So, you know, to the extent that you can just say, friends, we're stuck. We have a problem. This is a, this is a, you know, a big, you know, situation we're in. And I need to be honest about the decision-making around it and get your opinion and just solicit the opinions of your team members. I mean, that that can be massively valuable. And it's a step of humility. And it includes them in creating a new future. So I think there's there's huge wisdom in that. And so that whole piece of seeking counsel and advice doesn't have to be expensive or, or uh, special. It can be your team. And their wisdom and insight might really unlock new ideas for you. And there's humility in there in, in terms of listening and understanding their points of view. And, uh, and being a partner in, in the work, you know, with your team members. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. So another few ways that, that spring to mind to avoid ladder traps, I think you need to look the big picture stuff. I think the big picture is underrated as a thing that determines outcomes. I think everyone very naturally in the e-commerce space, particularly above all in the Amazon focus space, 
tends to be fed such a strong diet of it's all about the platform it's all about the hacks it's all about the tactics that they really don't take strategic decisions seriously enough until they've been in business for a few years by which time as you said you can be locked in so i would say the business model you're running if you don't even know what a business model is or you're not sure what it is it is really worth taking the time to examine it from a sixty thousand foot view and sort of do a diagram of it just rough out some form of flow chart you don't have to be super scientific you know bash it around talk it through with why people that have been in the space for several decades i know you've got a, a mentor that you talk to you you mentor people i help people that are new to e-commerce and just yeah. get a sense of how does this thing operate and then if your comment says says hmm, but surely that means by year three you'd have to involve you know five hundred thousand dollars of working capital to reach my target mm-hmm. that may be a true insight in which case you may not choose to do that business model so looking at it as a whole system it, it's hard to do but I think it's really important. Second thing to avoid traps is think about physical versus digital products and, and whether that's really, you know, the cash flow characteristics, for example, of physical something you, you really want to get into. Mm-hmm. Products versus services. Think about if you scaled this up, and um, we talked about scalability before, really important. Is this going to become a nightmare if this succeeds? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, how sustainable is my marketing as well? I've talked about content versus ad-driven. So, yeah. yeah. So those are ways to avoid ladder traps. What are your thoughts that if we feel or, or discover, as many of us do, m- myself, I've certainly been in that situation, my clients as well. If you feel that your ladder is leaning against the wrong tree, how do we sort of unpick that and get, get it leaning on the right tree? Yeah, I, th- I do think there are specific things that you can do if you feel like you're, you're stuck into the wrong deal and wrong situation. I think the first one is read your contracts and relook at your deal structure. And sometimes that means going back and looking at prior literal contracts or the service level agreement of some, you know, you know, a vendor or something like that, some deal that you signed off on. Other times it's going back and looking at your emails and be like, wait, what if, what was what was this original arrangement? And just take a, a set of a fresh eyes approach to it and and relook at it. The, you know, the the next thing would be to step back from that. And then blue blue sky, you know, blue ocean strategy, the situation. Given the situation you're in, what are the options that exist? And I think there's valuable work that can be done there. Um, frequently, that means maybe if you're in a ladder trap, you can't get off that ladder, but you can minimize it in your business. You can marginalize it in, in essence and diminish its meaning or importance in your business strategically. You know, a third thing you can do is, again, as we've already talked about, understand sunk cost fallacy and really put on the table or on a piece of paper the list of what things did I invest into this and what does it look like to walk away from those things? But just be honest about it. The opposite side of sunk cost fallacy is opportunity cost. So the question, if you start from like, Day one is today, like Jeff Bezos' mantra, and you say to yourself, starting today, this is day one for my new future business, then what is like the zero-based approach to it? And zero-based budgeting is an old phrase from whenever, 90s or whatever, where you would literally every year you'd say your budget for anything in your business is zero. And then everybody would have to justify like, no, no, I, I really need, the, you know, the money for my, my <laughs> Clavio account so we can do email marketing. Okay, you may have, you know, $250 a month, you know, you, you zero base your whole entire uh, business. That's day one thinking. And I think that's really, really valuable. And then, I, you know, I also think you probably need to um, 
I guess go meta, not in the Facebook use of meta, but go meta for a moment and ask yourself, why did my behavior lead me to be in these situations? What was it about my decision-making process and my framework that allowed me to be in this mess? And do I have a system in place where I proactively avoid and then manage problematic bear bear traps or, or ladder traps? And I think that's an important key is to think through, um, what does my system look like for examining what we're doing? And maybe it's an annual planning day. Maybe it's a quarterly examination of your profit and your expenses. Maybe it's, uh, you know, some other kind of special, uh, you know, event that you do where you really examine these things. So anyway, so those are some some things to consider and do if you're stuck into uh, ladder traps right now. And what your thought on those are, Michael? Yeah, I, I like that. And one thing we talked about before we went on air is a very interesting that I'd like to pull your thoughts out about this. You were talking about how much you reflect on experience and, and whether you even recognize or, or admit to yourself. And we talked about the emotional difficulty, but sometimes it's a cognitive thing, like you don't realize you're in a trap. And so mm-hmm. you were talking about the different types of hedonic and something else, the sort of relationship we have to reflection. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Interesting topic. Tell us more about that. Well, I should have I should have Googled it up a little bit, but let me just describe for you what I was talking about, and then people can search around for it. So there's a psychological test that you can do, and it basically puts you into a, a three-part framework, and it's really interesting. And every one of us has this uh, pro in terms of mental, uh, you know, framework that we bring to to things. And there's three. The three buckets are past-oriented. So we're, in our mind, we're constantly reliving the past, thinking about what happened previously. That's a mindset. The second one is they call hedonic, which is you know hedonism, which is but it specifically means being in the moment, thinking about this specific moment with all of your you know kind of mental energy, and that's so that's hedonic. And then the the third one is future oriented, where you're a dreamer and you're just constantly dreaming up new things. And that three set thing, it might come out of, uh, is it, oh gosh, Mindset by, was her name, Helen Dwick or something like that? I know you, but anyway, it might be from that. It might be tied to that. But anyway, people can search for that, but just search for the, and we might put it in the show notes, I'll find it. And, but the concept is important because what Mm -hmm. it does when you do this little test is it says, well, you're 30% past oriented and 70% future oriented and 0% hedonic. And so you need to practice being present in the moment, you know, or, or focus on that piece. So that's the kind of intelligence that gives you. And, you know, if you run your business where you're constantly just in the moment or future oriented, like shiny objects, the future is going to be great. I'm going to do new things. And you never have that past orientation of reflection, contemplation, uh, examination of prior results. If that's just not how you're wired in your DNA, then you're probably going to have a harder time with, you know, this ladder trap situation yeah agreed and by the way thank you for explaining that because i have no idea what the official psychological terms are but the, the concept's really really clear and i think mm-hmm. it's a very simple and very important profound psychological thing and it requires self-knowledge if you're just self-aware enough to know that you really don't like something my suggestion is again the who not how thing that if you know that you're not good for example as i am at looking at current specific realities mm-hmm. in the financial sense you have to hire a bookkeeper i mean that's what i've done mm-hmm. recently and and uh in fact in the process of sort of thrashing around maybe hiring mm-hmm. a different one because it's been hard to work with because i'm a nightmare to work with because i'm really not good at that but you have to work that through and 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 my suggestion is really simple if there's an area you're 
really weak on, mm-hmm. you have to get some help. <laughs> you know, yeah. don't ignore yeah. it because inability to reflect on the yeah. past is going to condemn you to yeah. repeat it into the future, which if it's not working is not a good plan. And so, yeah, again, an accountant in for books or mm-hmm. a marketing expert, if your marketing is terrible or a sourcing expert, if your sourcing is terrible, etc. I found the reference. It's a book called The Time Paradox by Philip Zimbardo. And there's a test called the ZTPI test. And that's where this all comes from. So that's the book. And uh, I'd encourage people to check it out. There's an on, the online little test that you can do. I think it's free. But I don't remember. But it was very interesting to go through. Yeah, very, very, very good stuff. I like that a lot because yeah. a lot of what strikes me is extremely simple and yet profound um, pattern that I see. People who want to start businesses never do, don't take enough action. Mm-hmm. They think mm-hmm. too much. I'm, yeah. I'm prone to overanalysis. People who are big on taking action and actually get into creating six or maybe early seven figure business are very, very action or and operations mm-hmm. focused. Mm-hmm. But those guys tend to hit a wall at some point as well. They either have to sell the business or they're going to get to the next step. They really have to stand back and reflect, which I, I find the masterminds are where you see people blinking and going, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I haven't thought about this <laughs> in this way before. And, and to try and persuade people not to just focus on operations quite hard, but I think they generally hit a wall and that's when they're open to thinking about it. So it is a real thing, the ability to reflect but it is not a substitute for action i think there's a rhythm isn't there you take action you stand back and lick your wounds or you celebrate and then you yeah. go right how can we replicate that success or how can we never do that again like with your contract <laughs> that you thought wow i don't want to mm-hmm. do that again you know a couple of other thoughts about how to pivot things around i think there's there's a really useful rule of thumb which jeff bezos i think was very fond of decision type one versus type two one is reversible or non-reversible decisions i think you need to be much more mindful about irreversible decisions or not totally irreversible but not getting into a pickle in the first place i guess this is more about prevention than cure i suppose but it's all related um you really should educate yourself you should talk it through with your experts uh, you should talk it through with your team business partner um life partner if they're different people but also to give you enough headspace to turn the ship around if it's needed, you should get out of the habit of over-discussing reversible decisions because you can micromanage those quite easily and and get quite happy about the fact that you oh, spent you know yeah. ages perfecting one particular mm-hmm. infographic and your business model as a whole is broken. It's yeah. so easy to fall into that because it's kind of satisfying and, and safe, but not very effective. I've never thought of it that way before, but you're totally right. I, that's so, I love that. That's Bezos, uh, reversible or, or not reversible decisions. The similarity there to the Robert Ronsat corridor principle is interesting. I mm-hmm. guess it's like the corridor principle says, if you walk down a corridor, there are doors you see appear to you that you ha- wouldn't been a- have been able to see if you hadn't walked down that path. But I guess to extend his corridor principle there are those doors you can walk through that are not reopenable from the other side and there are doors that are openable again you just get back out of the deal and you're like no never mind i'm not doing that i'm going to somewhere else but this is very interesting to tie these all these ideas together yeah yes exactly yes some some doors are in corridors and some aren't i think i mean if you Mm. spend all of your life savings on some private label product then you know it doesn't mean you can never start a business but it's going to really slow that down Mm -hmm. whereas if you are mindful about just being humble about the fact that you're probably going to get some decisions wrong and you you never spend all your money on something or to your point painful but not fatal was a very good phrase mm. if any outcome of a decision the worst it can be is is painful but not fatal that's a good decision fatal for your business let's not go <laughs> too dark but you know that that's a very good basic principle is that whatever decision you make should not have the potential to kill your business off if it doesn't work out and yeah very yeah. simple but i mean again that's much more prevention than cure i guess 
in terms of prevention, once you realize you're, you know, <laughs> there's a very old phrase we have in Britain, which is when you're in a hole, stop digging. So mm. if you realize that something isn't working, we talked about this before, but being prepared to quit. I mean, the sunk cost mm -hmm. fallacy is the fallacy. Mm -hmm. the, the, the medicine is quitting strategically, not quitting when it's getting hard, but that's just a natural dip as Seth Godin calls it. So market adoption is, is a painfully long. So process sometimes if you're doing your own marketing, you know, getting responses to your social media marketing might take you a year and at, at month three you might want to quit but then having more rational quitting points and using those mm -hmm. means you quit doing the the part of your business the product line the partnership the sourcing strategy whatever it is that isn't working which frees up time money and energy mm -hmm. to do the other things that could work yeah um, yeah that's the most important thing totally agree um, there's so many economic ideas or principles this ties into, you know, we've talked in prior episodes about asymmetrical risk reward. And so I encourage people to go back and to listen to that episode. And the idea there is that there are some decisions that have small investment and massive potential in, you know, result, positive result. And that whole idea of small decision, big future outcome can apply to ladder traps. There are some, you know, some seemingly small decisions that you make that can be ladder traps as well that have then these big long-term implications. And you say to yourself, man, I am so bummed we made that choice so long ago. So that, uh, that applies to this as well, where there's literally like orders of magnitude size impact in your business that has, has consequence as it relates to the ladders as well. So... It's true. But the last thing I would say is related to that, a lot of this stuff is really hard to predict. You don't know what you don't know when you start something. Mm -hmm. and, and also the, the ability to just run the, the operational basics of learning a course, you know, it's a video course or a YouTube course, or, you know, you've got a ton of Udemy courses mm -hmm. and they're very good as far as they go. But you have to start with the, the tactical day-to-day -day basics because you can't get your head around other things. But it's the ability mm -hmm. to see a business model in the abstract is much harder, which I think is, therefore, it's it's rarer. It's harder to explain. It's harder to kind of put across. It's harder to monetize. But I'm really pleased that we do focus on that because I think at a certain point, you see it more as a whole. And that's mm -hmm. the only, it's only when you see a business model as a whole or a, a business as a whole, you know, the, one year's worth of financials, for example, that you can start to evaluate it. And mm -hmm. so really, you, you're you going to have to uh, allow for being wrong. And I think the solution, as we've talked about, we've got a whole section of the podcast about pivoting, which I haven't talked about for a while, but it's a really important concept because mm -hmm. what it means is you can go in the wrong direction for a while, but still save your business by, by flipping aspects of it, keeping some aspects the same and some turning through 90 degrees or even more. So you can stay in the same industry, but, mm -hmm. but source completely different. So, for example, yeah. you might stay in the industry of, of dolls clothes, but instead of selling physical products on eBay, you sell digital patterns as you and Cinnamon did. You could keep the same exact product line on Amazon, for example, or, or a Shopify store, and you've been sourcing it from China and you've had an utter nightmare. Maybe you start sourcing it from the UK, your profit margins change, but it's just a sourcing nightmare. Mm -hmm. You could stay on the same platform on Amazon, but flip between retail arbitrage maybe that's getting really hard to source you move to wholesale for more consistency or you move from pure ra to whatever that is to replens you know there's lots of ways you, you can move i mean in my case i can stay in the same industry but but change partnership um, models so instead of me being 
you know, responsible for everything. I'm these days partnering right now. I've got a couple of joint ventures in in process there with people who are obsessive and expert product developers, which is my mm-hmm. great, great. I don't have a great interest in that, but I love the marketing piece. And so that is a partnership that that's is the partnerships that are coming together. So yeah. it's it's not really a violent change. It's leveraging my abilities, but it's getting rid of the stuff off my plate and bringing other people into account for my weaknesses, which is also a smart move generally as well. Love it. Well, what a great conversation, man. This is such an interesting uh, set of leadership questions and decisions, all the way from Stephen Covey to all the uh, other books we've referenced. Uh, Do we mention the the Derek Stevers book as well? No, Derek Stevers, hell yeah, or no, is is one we didn't reference, actually. And forgive me saying the H word, uh, but uh, that is part of the title. (laughs) So uh, yeah, that's a really interesting book. I mean, I've got it right here on my shelf. And it's basically if it's not a if you, you're not really totally enthusiastic about an idea, you should probably say no. Which, mm-hmm. having done a lot of the ones where I'm kind of lukewarm about it, I can say it's the crash test dummy for that. Yes, yeah. it's a good plan to follow that. Well, let me wrap it up here for us and summarize and, and thank everybody for listening. So, if you're in a business decision that feels intractable then you've stepped on a ladder trap. And hopefully this episode has been helpful to give you strategies and ideas for getting yourself untangled from that ladder and repositioning it against the right wall so you can start climbing properly in the direction you want to go. So appreciate everybody listening today. Michael, as always, it's a great conversation to have with you. And it's an honor to be able to do the podcast with you. Any final call to actions or comments? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love for you could just summarize quickly what we've covered because we cover quite a few topics. It'd be nice to pull it together for people if that's possible. Sure. If you are stuck in a ladder trap, maybe it's related to your founding team choice, your niche or industry, your product line, your financing strategies, or any long-term contracts that participated in, then and maybe even business model, product type or physical product, product versus service, and on and on, then you've got some hard choices to make. And so we'd encourage you to consider reading the contracts or agreements you've made, stepping back and seeking wise counsel, and understanding sunk cost fallacy and how it's playing with your mind. And if you're stuck on a ladder trap right now, then we'd really encourage you to figure out how to go forward and avoid them. Avoiding them can best be done by testing small and committing small, never getting involved in a land war in Asia, which is a joke, of course, for Princess Bride uh, fans, but you get the idea, never commit to a big, crazy idea. And when big money is on the line, always seek counsel and advice. And finally, do not succumb to marketers' time pressure or scarcity tactics that are designed to get you to make hasty decisions. And so with that, hopefully uh, it's a good summary of the topic of ladder traps. And Absolutely. And um, by the way, uh, the reason that the uh, scarcity and fear and whatever for marketers works is an internal problem for us in the end. It's fear or greed, isn't it? And we need to manage those emotions in ourselves is what I would say. So that um, talking of wise counsel, uh, obviously we have, <laughs> if you think I'm wise well certainly I think you're wise Jason so if people want to come to you I, I'm certainly got experience I think wisdom <laughs> wisdom is gradually coming with it so winning on Shopify and 10k collective the two places tell us a little bit about what you offer for entrepreneurs in terms of wise counsel at the winning on Shopify sort of stable of 
of services these days. Sure. Yeah. Kyle and I do a couple different things in our business. We do one-on-one coaching and consulting with veteran e-commerce operators. We don't work with folks who are startups or brand new to it. But if you've got a effective product strategy and are, you know, growing your sales, then we have a one-on-one consulting that could be of interest. We have an application page on winningonshopify.com. And Kyle focuses on Amazon and Walmart channels. I focus on Shopify and and branding and marketing strategies. Uh, And then we also have small group uh, opportunity as well. So that's that's how you can find it, winningonshopify.com. We're rebranding. And so soon that'll redirect to our new brand. But until then, that's the place to find the the details in the application for one-on-one coaching. So if you want to come and, and find out more about me. I do also one-to-one stuff. I think the best thing we offer these days is the masterminds. We've got the 10K Collective Masterminds, which really range from businesses anywhere from mid six figures to high seven figures, I suppose in dollar terms, verging on eight figures in the biggest cases. And I'm also starting a new group that I'm quite excited about sort of in early days for six-figure operators to get them from the sort of, you know, $10,000, $20,000 a month range up towards the, the next level. So if you're interested in that, I've, I had somebody email me literally yesterday about it. So just email me, michael at amazingfba.com. Otherwise, you can find the mastermind at the amazonmastermind.com. Amazingly still up, uh, even though that's blatantly infringing on IP. And I didn't say that publicly, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, if, if not, you can find it at amazingfba.com. You'll find the stuff there. But for the moment, the Amazon mastermind is still up. So do you come and find us there? Um, <laughs> Thanks, <man. laughs> it's been a great discussion. I, I really think this yeah. is a, an a topic where I see a lot of pain and, and not much discussion about how mm-hmm. to solve it. So it's really good. Thank you for, for bringing that topic up. Really like it. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.